0: This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, I'm Stephen Krasowski, communications manager at RMA. Today I'm joined by Jason Alpert, senior vice president at a commercial bank and an adjunct professor at the University of Tampa to discuss early warning signs banks should be aware of so they can get ahead of loan performance problems and recognize deviations in a borrower's behavioral patterns and business operations. Jason, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Stephen. Great to be here. So, Jason, can you talk a little bit about your banking career? Sure. Um, you
1: know, uh, I I manage the uh, workout uh, or special assets department for, uh, for Wells Fargo Bank and have been in... Um, you know, a distressed lender, um, workout banker since uh, the Great Recession in 2009. Um, I currently, you know, we have a, a team of bankers that um, that manage these distressed assets uh, for the commercial bank, small business, uh, small business lending, lower middle market, middle market loans. Um, when they go into distress, it's our jobs team to to work those assets and to find um, you know, solutions uh, on a win-win basis for, for us and our customers. Um, I also lead the bank's uh, portfolio sale uh, initiative where we um, pool up some of these distressed loans and, and sell them in the second secondary market to qualified investors. One thing I do want to mention is that, you know, um, the article and, and our discussion today is, is my own opinion and doesn't re- reflect um, the opinions of, of any bank or or other institution that I'm affiliated with.
0: Jason, good good segue on your about your article. Um, you recently wrote this article: uh, early warning signs, harbingers of loan distress and default. It's in the September 2022 edition of the RMA Journal. Uh, what led you to write this article?
1: Well, you know, a couple of things. One, um, one part of the role that I that I do here at the bank is. Um, is I act as a consultant to our line of business partners, as well as I'm an instructor for, um, you know, the problem loan course in our college of uh, commercial credit. Um, in addition to, you know, talking to graduate and undergraduate students at, at the university level. And one of the things that they always ask me is like, you know, Jason, how do you know when uh, a, a customer's kind of go into default? And, you know, when I'm either, you know, consulting with them, or I've done these kind of, you know, workout 101 kind of, uh, you know, lectures, um, you kind of bring up, you know, what are these early warning signs or red flags that, that when you're servicing a, a customer or you're going out and meeting with them or you're looking at financials that would indicate that they're going to have a, a pending default or there's going to be some kind of impairment to your credit. And combined with, you know, where we're at um, in, the, in the economic cycle right now with, you know, roaring inflation, you know, two consecutive quarter uh, you know, negative growth, which may, may indicate that we're actually in a recession, um, supply chain issues and, and other things. I think that the upcoming, you know, year to 18 months is going to be really difficult. Um, economically. And, you know, our bankers and people in our industry are going to have a lot of difficult conversations um, or see some some signs of distress. So it's best to start um, identifying some of these these early warning signs and and have the bankers and our our colleagues armed um, with what they need to be vigilant about so that they can address it when they see it, raise their hand with their institutions or bring up Um, And discuss with the customers, you know, early, because the earlier you can treat something, the better result you're going to have for everybody. Um, You can start having these productive conversations. You can start, um, you know, resolving these issues um, before it becomes a crisis and to where there's, you know, um, you have to send it to your workout department, or you're going to have to, you know, take, you know, collection actions, which, you know, we, is is never the best result. So, um, so that's what wanted, you know, I kind of wanted to put this article together. I think the timing is um, would be very helpful for a lot of our bankers and and, and having some good
0: hygiene portfolio hygiene and start working this kind of stuff today. Great, Jason. In your article, you note three types of warning signs. Contractual, financial, and relational, which are associated with different types of changes in behavior and operations. Can you talk about each of these warning signs and how they could potentially affect a borrower? I have my list of what are the typical early warning signs,
1: and it's not just my list, but it's you know any type of uh, you know workout publication or. Or training material will kind of have the the same type of uh, of these early warning signs. I was trying to find a way to to categorize these, and that's what led me to having you know contractual, financial, and relational as kind of a um, you know separate buckets to kind of put it in. But you know each one of these early warning signs will have you know a contractual component, a financial component, a relational ca- component to it. So they kind of will will, will kind of go um, you know across the board, but you know, just generally, um, you know, when you're looking at, you know, the the, the three different ones, you know, starting with contractual, the main, you know, warning signs that I kind of identify under the contractual bucket would be, you know, missed payments, um, borrowers that are consistently on your overdraft reports, you know, where they're having overdrafts uh, out of their checking accounts, as well as uh, failure to uh, maintain the collateral with either failure to to maintain uh, proper insurance, failure to maintain, uh, you know, pay pay taxes on the on the collateral, or just general upkeep and maintenance um, would be some of those contractual. And when it comes to, to the stuff like early, you know, missed payments, those are the the biggest red flag that you can possibly see—I mean, that's the one that's going to, you know, most likely dictate that you're going to have to transfer to work workout, or you're going to have to take, you know, some type of adverse uh, legal action because it's the, the the most critical default, and it's the first one that you would identify. Um, if a borrower can't make their loan payments. Obviously, there's some type of distress. They wouldn't want to put their business or their or their collateral at risk uh, unless they just weren't able to make those kind of payments. So. Um, when it comes to missed payments, you got to take you know immediate action and, and get to the bottom of what's kind of you know causing that that problem. Was it a one-off issue where they just didn't transfer the money into the into the account, or is it a serious systemic issue with the borrower? Similar with overdrafts. I mean, overdrafts um, when they when you when they're popping up on your overdraft report is you know something that's indicative that there's some kind of cash flow issue or, miss, or or management you know. Um, issue in the in the treasury part of the business and you want to understand what's kind of going on instead of just waiving you know and approving overdrafts which i would caution most folks that um, you want to be careful with because that is a short-term you know unsecured loan that you're basically making you know with the borrower to hopefully replenish that account in a a certain amount of time Um, and you're probably not getting compensated appropriately with your you know the, the the fees that are being associated with it so um, you know, a borrower that's consistently on your overdraft reports or, you know, is something that you want to, you know, have that conversation with your, with your customer and understanding what's going on. And then the last one, you know, sub, sub uh, early warning as part of a contractual would be, um, you know, the failure to maintain insurance taxes and maintenance. Um, these are all requirements under typically if it's a commercial real estate loan under your mortgage, you know, borrower is going to have to maintain insurance. With insurance, if they're not making their insurance payments or their, or their real estate tax payments, you know, that's a serious cash flow issue and it could put the bank at risk, you know, either with a, if there's a claim on the asset for failure to insurance or with taxes, if they don't pay their taxes, um, you know, a, a, an investor could come in and, and buy that tax certificate from the taxing authority and have a priority lien uh, ahead of your mortgage. And then finally with maintenance, you know, if a customer doesn't have enough cash flow or or liquidity to keep the property um, up to date. um, That's a serious issue that you want to identify. And it's really a kind of a tougher one because, you know, you'll get noticed when, you know, the insurance gets canceled or um, you'll see that, you know, on the public records that they're not paying the taxes, but with maintenance, you got to do good old fashioned, um, you know, property inspections and going out and visiting, you know, your customer, uh, having a keen eye and seeing kind of what's going on. Are they, you know, is the, is the roof you know looking like it's uh holding water do you see leaks in this in the ceiling is the paint kind of peeling off you know those type of things um would be indicative of, of some collateral waste um and it's kind of uh you know something you want to take, take care of uh the second one uh kind of bucket that i i categorize stuff in would be financial um so as bankers you know we have in our um, we, we're financially trained we understand what to look for in our in our financial statements and um, when we, there's a reason that we put into our loan documents that we need to get, you know, updated financial so we can understand, uh, the health of our, of our customer. Um, and so, you know, some of the early warning signs when it comes to the, the financial capacity of a borrower would be, you know, some of the obvious ones coming off of your P Are you seeing, uh, declining trends in revenue, EBITDA, operating flow, or are the margins being compressed? Um, if so, why? Um, is it an industry thing? Is it a macroeconomic thing? The customer will, you know, will be sure to want to tell you, or is it indicative that they, they lost a major uh, a major client, um, you know, or are they feeling the effects of the supply chain and inflation and they they just can't raise prices. Fast enough to uh, to compensate for that and it's compression compression their margins and, and their ability to make their payments. So um, those would be some of the the you know the the declining trends off of the P and L. The the declining trends to look for in your balance sheet would be you know things that you would see. You know the, the biggest one would be declining liquidity. You know what if you, if cash was at one million dollars uh, the prior year and it's down to ten thousand dollars the following you know the, in the current statement that's a serious, you know, that's a serious uh, red flag that you want to kind of address with, their, with your customer. Did they have an unforeseen, you know, capital expense? Or uh, are they running, you know, severe losses, um, you know, are they, uh, that they're, you know, they're just draining their liquidity. Um, so that, you know, that's the biggest one um, that you would see there. The expansion of, uh, of trade credit would be another uh, red flag. If you're seeing, looking at the liability portion of your balance sheet and you see um a customer's accounts payable go from you know an a a in typical average of a half a million and then all of a sudden the the following you know in the current statement you see that it's at two million um you want to raise your hand and ask that question why um have they had this explosion in their in their in their trade payables and what's kind of causing that now sometimes there's like everything there could be a really good legitimate reason like you know hey this this supplier is giving me really great terms, and I had to take advantage of it um, because it, it really made sense for the business. In which case, you know, that's a you know a legitimate reason. Um, if it's something to where again, you know, profitability or margins or or liquidities becoming coming uh, is becoming a crisis, and now they you know are are stretching their trade as a as a form of uh, credit. Um, you really want to uh, have an eye on, uh, on what's going to be happening to there. Are they going to run the risk that that supplier is going to cut them off? Are they a critical supplier to where if they do cut off credit that they can't function as a business anymore? Um, so you really need to, to, to understand and, and, and be, a, you know, be aware of those type of things. And then the final one under, you know, kind of, I would you know, under the balance sheet would be, you know, an, an increase in the current liability, uh, our current asset, current liability, kind of your cash conversion cycle. So, you know, are, are the accounts pay uh, receivable days, are those, you know, extending? Um, You've seen an explosion in inventory or your inventory holds days lengthening, um, as well as with the aforementioned, you know, you know, increase in your trade payables. But with AR and, and inventory, you know, um, if those are, are starting to be a- expanded and you're utilizing cash. Um, you know, to, to expand those either you're not collecting really well on your AR and that's a problem or or your, or their customers are having um, payment issues, which is going to affect your repayment of, uh, you know, your customer's ability to pay, pay back your loan. Um, And then with inventory um, you know, if they either overexpanded with inventory or um, you know, they're not able to sell it because it's becoming obsolete. Those are some, some, you know, major issues that you want to try and get ahead of and, and understand what the borrower's plan to to address that. And then the final kind of one under financial would be, you know, financial covenants, borrowing base over advances and and just lines of credit that aren't, aren't revolving. When it comes to, you know, financial covenants, the, the main thing um, to understand is that, you know, a financial covenant uh, default is what it is. It's a default and it's a major, major issue. I mean, there was a reason in your underwriting that you put those covenants in there to maintain, you know, to ensure that the customer is, is, um, you know, operating within, you know, whatever parameters that you set for it. But if they violate that, you need to, you know, you need to address it because um, if you don't, um, you know, you can run into a course of dealing issue, which basically, you know, as the you know, the theory kind of holds is if you're, you have a you know a covenant default one year and a covenant default the next year and the following year and you just keep waiving that covenant because you want to maintain the maintain the relationship or for whatever it is um, that could you know create a course of dealing issue and the customer is relying on your actions even if it's you know clearly stated what the what the covenant benchmarks are and if you do want to try and enact on a default because um, you know for whatever reason um, and you've waived it too many times or not addressed it at all you'll have a, a difficult time trying to enforce that in a in a court. So um, the best best practice when it comes to when you see I have a financial covenant is to, to raise your hand, document it in writing, you know, issue out a, a reservation, a rights letter or, or a default letter and bring the customer back to the negotiating table um, to get an action plan in place and maybe have, you know, trade um, or restructure you know, trade some kind of uh, consideration or restructure that that uh, that loan. To, to mitigate whatever risk that that's predicating it. And then with with line of line of uh, credit usage if it's stale or something along those lines, um, that's a an indi- indication that there's some you know change in the borrower's operating ability. Um, you know, if they're not revolving that line as as you kind of under it, underwrote it or they can't can't rest that line, the repayment source of that loan kind of changed from the conversion of, uh, current assets uh, to cash that would normally pay pay back a revolving line to you know a permanent working capital that needs to be paid back from profits and so you should really term it out and um, you know get an appropriate rate and amortization to get that customer to, to pay that thing back and then finally with relational um you know the 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 ones that I've identified in here would be you know the lack of communication or failure to meet delivery deadlines um, people, if they if there's some bad news are loath to to want to raise their hand and tell tell folks what's kind of going on um because they're afraid of the repercussions or you know maybe they're too proud or whatever the reason is but if there's that if there's a change if uh if you're noticing that you've you know had a really good relationship and now they're not returning your phone calls or something along those lines you know that could be an indication that there's some some issue that that's that's undergoing why they don't want to talk to their lender now maybe they just want to go to a new bank or they're, they have their heads down uh, into in their business. Um, but if it's a, a change from what it's historically been, it's probably a sign that there might be some some issues um, that they don't want to disclose. And then the bigger one is the failure to meet delivery deadlines, which, you know, if they're not providing their financial reporting on time or, 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 or something along those lines, you need to address that. You know, it's a, it is a requirement and a covenant in your, in your loan documents, or if it, it should be. Um, and it's a default if they don't deliver. So again, you have that course of dealing issue if you don't follow up on a timely basis with that kind of stuff. But, you know, at, at best, it's an ind- indication that there's some disorganization at the customer. And at worst, it's an in, in indication that there could be really some, um, some you know, problem, you know, some real problems or even outright fraud. Um, and then, you know, some other things relational, you know, liens on your on your collateral, or, or you get notice of that the cust your customers in, in major litigation, you know, um, when it comes to liens again, you know, that's clouding the title of your collateral, and you want to understand why they, you know, have these these uh, things that are going against uh, your collateral, and why they can't pay their um, their debts when they come due, or they had a judgment that got attached to your collateral, or if it's major litigation, so I would have. Would say like you don't need to be concerned about something like a, in a slip and fall or something like that that they have insurance for or a car accident, but if it's uh, like an existential litigation for the customer, like they have intellectual property that they haven't, they're in a patent lawsuit and they're about to lose that, that, that you know they're they're in that kind of litigation and you really want to be aware of that because if they lose that litigation, you know the whole business might be um, no longer a going concern. And then the last one is the the five D's of distress.
0: Yeah. So, Jason, one of the relational early warning signs is the five D's of distress. These warning signs are impactful and damaging changes to the people who are critical in a borrower's operations. What are some of the signs to look out for here?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the last one um, for the relational would be the, the five D's of distress. I mean, we're all bankers, so we, we know our five C's of credit um, and I can't take. Um, credit for coming up with uh, the five Ds of distress. I learned that, um, you know, when I was a young workout, workout banker, but I just love the alliteration um, and, and the thought of it. Um, and the five Ds of distress are are basically uh, death, disability, drugs, divorce, and disagreement. And they're the they're the um, inciting incident for that I've noticed, um, especially for private and small businesses that that's the inciting incident for, for, for an event of default. I mean, it's usually one of these things, um, you know, that, or it's not usually, but it's, it's, it could be, you know, um, more often than not, one of these type of things that, that predicates a loan coming into my workout shop. And um, these are, you know, like you said, they're, they're, they're impactful and, and are damaging because they're so personal, to usually the key person or key personnel of, of your, of your borrower. And so you have to take, when you, when you get noticed that one of these things, or you see that one of those five D's are, are occurring, you need to, to, you know, to address it right away. Um, when it comes to, to death, I mean, um, if your key person or your borrower, um, you know, passes away um, and they were integral to the business, um, obviously that's the, you know, you know, very, you know, the most impactful thing that can happen, um, and you got to run a fine balance between, you know, um, you know, give enough time to, you know, to grieve and other stuff like that. But it, it's usually an event of default under your loan documents under the personal guarantee that a lot of small business loans typically have. So um, you you, you want to address it. You want to understand, you know, where the asset, you know, how the how the ownership is going to change, you know, were they so integral to the operations, you know, how the change in management is going to happen because if that person was a key person a key man and he had you know or he or she had the the the, the major relationships with the customers and and they knew how that business uh, you know ran and if they're no longer you know if they can't do it um, it could have some serious implications so you need to be able to, to 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 address that and have a plan you know have a plan of action um, typically, you know, hopefully you're, you've been having those conversations with your customer before, like what's their succession planning look like, you know, where do the assets go in the event of a, in the event they pass away or they're, you know, maybe you required in your underwriting key man insurance that, that would pay off the bank in the event of a, of a, of a death. Um, but that's, you know, what you need to kind of look forward there. And similar, similarly with disability, Um, and drugs for that matter, with disability, you know, if the borrower, or if not the borrower, the key person at your borrower, you know, was incapacitated, or they got uh, a cancer diagnosis, or have to undergo intensive treatment, or won't be able to to operate their business, how that's going to, you know, be able for, you know, how's the business going to be able to run, or who's going to run the business while they're, you know, going through their treatment or if they're unable to, to, to do it. And same similar with, with drugs, which would be, you know, alcohol or drug addiction. Um, Unfortunately, it's uh, you know, it's a major, major issue and it's one you got to be sensitive about. Um, But if you're noticed that, you know, that you've attended a meeting and you smell alcohol on your brother, uh, on your borrower's breath, or um, you get noticed on a Google alerts that your customer was, was arrested for a, a drug issue. Um, you want to understand, like you know, do they need help and treatment? You want to be, you know, empathetic to what that is, because um, it is a scourge. Um, but you you do need to 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 view it in the in, in the context of how your your loan is going to get repaid, um, and and their ability to run their business, because it you know it could be you know some self-destructive behavior could could really impact your your loan repayment. And then divorce um, is probably the one that I would say. It kind of gets overlooked, um, but it's really one that if you think about it, it does really it seriously impact, you know, uh, a privately held small family business, um, you know, the, the husband and wife are running this business or maybe the, the wife or the husband, you know, is running the business and then they, they get a divorce, you know, not only do you have the per- personal trauma of that or, you know, if they have children, you have to go through custody hearings, but it's the, the other stuff, you know, that that, that comes out of it. Um, you know, their focus is away from, from the, from the business. So maybe they're not as effective as they are in, in running it and, you know, how that divorce case is gonna, uh, going to be adjudicated. Cause a lot of, for a lot of small businesses, the largest asset is, is the business for a lot of small family businesses. And, and if that, you know, husband or wife has to pay alimony, um, to the ex-spouse, um, where are they going to get those resources? And, and a lot of times they make the decision that, you know, I'm going to leverage up my business or I'm going to give ownership into it and, and not understanding the implications that it's a violation under your loan documents. Um, so now you need to address the ownership change or how are they going to, you know, pay for, the, for this divorce? Um, you know, are they taking out massive distributions that's going to be um, you know, impairing the cash flow of your of your borrower, and then the final one is disagreements, and this is with you know partnership disputes. Um, you know, we have two partners that are fighting. Um, you know, not only does it you know uh, create uh, upheaval with the stakeholders of that business, you know, people have to take sides, and um, you know, when they're when they're arguing and and litigating against each other, but the bank needs to be extremely careful. Um, that they don't be get in the middle of anything, you know, you need to be very arm's length when it comes to a partnership dispute and make sure you're not taking anyone's side, but you do need to elevate it and understand what's going to, you know, how this is going to impact the loan, um, you know, and be very cognizant of those, of those documents and bring in your, your legal, you know, your legal partners and your workout partners to help understand and, and figure out what's going to, you know, shake out from that, from that partnership dispute.
0: So Jason to wrap up, obviously Knowing the customer and being perceptive to changes and deviations from the norm are critical in identifying and acting on early warning signs. But what other advice can you offer bankers who come across these situations?
1: You know, first thing is when you see this stuff, you have to raise your hand. Um, You know, don't just, you know, if you you came across one of these early warning signs and a meeting with the customer in, in a review of the financial statements in it, um, you need to to elevate it to your manager, to your credit partners, um, you know, to even to your workout partners or or legal um, to get some really good advice and to and to bring visibility to the to the situation. Um, so that's the first thing I would say is involve your team and understand, you know, and and, and get everyone on board to what you know you know what do we think is happening? You know, what what questions do we need to ask and how do we need to to address it from an institution and then. Another thing I would say is you really, you know, bankers go, especially going into what could be a recessionary environment with some difficult uh, conversations with your customers. You need to start, you know, understanding that you got to walk a fine line between being a trusted advisor or an advocate to your, to your customers. Cause they, if, if, if it starts becoming into a distress scenario um, and they're asking your to your advice, or it seems like you're, um, maybe influencing the the customer by telling them to do A, B, or C, you can really run into some lender liability issues, which is going to definitely impact your institution and, and your ability to, or your institution's ability to, to resolve that, you know, um, to mitigate any risk or resolve the loan. So, you know, um, you, you want to help your customer, you want to do what's right, um, and give them give them the best advice, but you need to qualify it that you know it is what it is. They they still have the ultimate business decision to make, um, you know, in operating their business, and you can't can't seem to be telling them what to do. So you really need to to avoid those lender liability issues. And if you have any questions, always raise it to your to your legal partner, so you don't run afoul of those type of things. And then finally, I mean, every banker can, is going to run into having difficult conversations, so. Um, I would say if you know that you're going to, you know, you have these these kind of uh, early warning signs and you know it's a problem and you're going to have some difficult conversations, remember, you must be professional. I mean, most, I, you know, I, I know people are, but it can't be said enough. You want to be professional. And if you know you're going to go into a walk into a buzzsaw or a really difficult conversation, bring up, bring your manager, bring a witness, bring, bring somebody else there that can um so it's not just a one-on-one conversation and a, you don't you don't it, if it if it devolves into something nasty you know it's not a he said she said kind of situation um i would say it's good practice to set an agenda and record you know and, and keep minutes of of what you're going to discuss and keep you know what we discuss and and follow up with a, an email after your meeting you know we're we discussed the uh, the decline in revenue we discussed the uh, um, you know, this issue, we discussed, uh, you know, the, the, these issues and how it's going to be repacked the loan and then follow up with an email. And this is what we discussed. And this is who said what, um, that way, you know, they can't say, well, you promised me, you know, you were going to extend the loan or lower my payments or do something along those lines, because, you know, again, you're, you know, you, you followed up with an email that said, nope, we just discussed the operations of the business and succession planning. And, you know, and those type of things. So you don't, again, you, you want to establish that, that kind of record. And when it does come to, you know, recording those type of things, you always want to remember whatever you put in writing, either internal emails or external emails, remember that um, if you're not comfortable with what you, you know, if, if you're not comfortable with that stuff being published on the front page of the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, or then don't, don't write it, you know, keep it factual, you know, don't don't put in, you know, um, you know, personal opinions and stuff like that or or, or be flipping about anything, because if it does go into litigation, the stuff will get discovered. Um, and if you were unprofessional or you made, you know, you, you know, you said, you know, I thought this guy was an I- idiot or something um, that's going to get you know brought up against you and it's not going to put you in a good light. It's not going to put your institution in a good light. And it's going to, you know you know, put a judge or jury kind of against, uh, you know,
0: against against the institution. Great advice. Jason, this was a very informative discussion. Thank you again for joining us today. Thank you, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. Have a great one.